ago, I asked Brooke if she would pray about sharing a message on Mother's Day. And this is before the coronavirus whole thing. And um, the Lord gave her a very powerful message. But she felt coming back for the first time that it would be better if I, if I shared her message. So I'm going to share her message. Now, at the same time, as I was praying, God gave me a message too. And um, I'm going to share that next week. And it's going to be fun too. And then after I share, we're going to take communion together. Okay? So that's what you can get ready for. So, this is from Brooke. Since today is reopening day for us at Calvary, with the COVID issues still very much around and a lot of believers hearing from God that we're not going to go back to business as usual or business as normal, what does that mean for our church behavior and choices as we go forward? And today on Mother's Day. Um, I asked my husband to preach because it's Mother's Day. And um, I see mothers who are working hard, paying attention to their children, struggling to get through issues, mothers who are running businesses and ministering to women around them. I see lots of people who have benefited from the godly mothers in their life and my husband's life too and my children's lives, our children's lives. So I don't take this concept of honoring mothers um, lightly and the expectant role that God places on them. I understand that whether you give birth or you do not, that God still calls you to, in a sense, to, to mother people, to be a mother. And with that being said, I also want to make it clear that I myself, well, unsure as to how to go forward with this new normal, I do want to go into what God has for us and what that means and what it means for us today, this week, this year on Mother's Day. So I asked God what to share, Brooke writes. He drew me back to a very familiar passage that I hope you will meditate on in John chapter 3. So if you've got your Bible or your phone, you can turn to John chapter 3 and follow along. Yeah, I can, yeah, you guys can sit down. We'll come back up in a little bit, okay? So, All right. In summary, this is about a highly respected religious leader who comes to Jesus at night and he tells Jesus that all of his friends or his peers really respect Jesus and they believe he's a teacher sent from God because Jesus has been doing all these miraculous signs that they've been seeing. And Jesus doesn't really answer what this guy is asking. Instead, he tells him that nobody's going to see the kingdom of God who's not born again. Remember that? And the man asked Jesus, what, am I supposed to go back inside my mom and come out again? So you guys know this story, right? I'm guessing that. But hear what Jesus says. He says, no one can enter God's kingdom who's not born of water and spirit. See those two things? Water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So here on Mother's Day, women have to begin here. They, we are flesh, women, and we give birth to children who are flesh, right? And we know it. Ladies, you know that, right? You really do. <laughs> we have no hope 
whatsoever of giving birth to spirits. Not in the natural. That ability does not come from us. Initially, that's a relief to know that we can't do what only God can do by His Spirit. But God expects more from us than that. God expects us to partner with Him in His work. Particularly with what He is doing by His Holy Spirit. So we're going to return to Jesus' conversation to learn more about what this looks like. Jesus says, you shouldn't be surprised at me telling you that you have to be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you don't, can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going to, right? So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This is very significant. Before we can partner with God in helping our children, we have to examine our own lives and, and find out what it means to be born of the Spirit. So we're going to look at this wind blows wherever it pleases thing. The wind is an unseen force. It has purpose and direction because in Jesus' analogy, the wind is like the Spirit. To say it another way, if we're born of the Spirit, we are influenced by something completely unseen. Something that other people can't see. They can't predict. A lot of times it's not going to make sense to them. Especially to people who are not born of the, born of the Spirit. I'm not saying that someone born of the Spirit goes off and is weird and wacky, okay? Does their own thing. I'm saying that they are being influenced solely and completely by the Holy Spirit. If you are not used to doing this, don't think to yourself, I can't do that. Because God's got a different plan, and, and you have to stop thinking that way, because he, he wants you to begin to experience what it means to be led and influenced by the Holy Spirit. So, let me tell you a story familiar to many parents, at least in some aspects. I felt I was supposed to go and turn the compost pile. I had at home a second grader, a very active kindergartner, and a very mobile two-year-old. This is true. This is us years ago with our kids when they were little. Brooke writes, I definitely knew it was the wrong time to go turn the compost pile with my busy and active children. But then I realized the continuing urges to go turn that pile were not coming from me and that I needed to listen. After some back and forth with God, I went quickly to turn the pile, and voila, in the second insertion of the garden fork, guess what she found? I speared a note from my second grader's teacher to me, sent home with them that day that my son had inserted into the compost pile How many of you believe God speaks to parents? Does it have to be logical? <laughs> no. Many times, kids, your parents are going to know things about you and your life, even if they don't have facts. They know it by the Spirit of God. And you need to listen to them. 
Brooke often tells me stories of her mother just knowing things about her. She, no way she could know it. We have a few of those. They're fun. You should ask her sometimes. These knowings by the Spirit of God have to be listened to. They, we, kids need to pray about those things and listen to the things their mom, that God shows their mom. Um, the Bible says that those who don't listen will pass on and be punished. Literally, the Scripture says that the prudent see danger and take cover. But fools pass on and are punished. So listening to God is a form of taking cover, right? Alright. It's being led by the Spirit. Ignoring being led by the Spirit is a form of foolishness. Many times we repress these inner nudges rather than cultivate a listening heart and an inquiring mind and attitude. Those nudges might feel a little illogical, just as turning the compost pile was very illogical in the natural realm. But I love this. If you will practice listening, even if you have listening failures, and you will, or times when you question, what was that all about? I must have missed God. Like any skill over time, you will hone your ability to hear God. And I just really want to testify to that. I remember as a new believer learning how to hear God. And I had a lot of listening failures. But guess what? Over time, I'm tuning into His frequency more and more. And, and that's a possibility for every one of us. At this point, some of you that have adult children or just stepchildren or other adults in your life are thinking, this sermon isn't for me because I'm not a parent or I'm not a parent of little kids or I, I don't have kids. And you would be wrong because you are in the lives of other people, brushing up against other people's lives. And by taking a posture of non-involvement, you're missing out and neglecting the job God has given to you. God sends people into our lives because we do and we should influence their lives. We're not supposed to take over or control them, obviously, but we should share perspectives. We should share the things the Spirit of God is nudging us to share. And we should be ready to tell stories. How many of you love stories? Good stories. I mean, how many of us watch TV and watch movies? All they are are stories, right? I mean, my son, Gabriel, has just taken his two little ones that are seven and five through the whole Lord of the Rings series and the whole Hobbit series, and they loved it. They're all stories. People love stories. And the stories of God's intervention in our lives are the best ones. Grandparents, are you deliberately remembering how you came to follow Jesus? What about the time you were really in trouble and you didn't know how you were going to get out of it and God got you out of it? I bet some of you grandparents have got some great stories if you would remember them and tell them to your kids, your grandkids. Make opportunities, parents, for those adults, those grandparents, those aunts and uncles in your lives to share their stories because your kids need to hear those stories. 
You can be so busy that other adults can't make those connections. Think about that. This is part of not going back to normal in our lives. God wants us to make time for each other. One thing I just want to add in here. Last week, I think I talked to more of my family members than I have in three months. It was part of sheltering at home. Anybody else just kind of like, I'm going to get on the phone and talk to my dad or my uncle or my brother. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I had some amazing conversations. And I think I preached about one of them. I talked to a cousin who who told me about a friend that told me about watching my little brother Vern get healed miraculously when he was eight years old in our church. And I was 11 or 12, and I just vaguely remembered that he didn't have to wear leg braces anymore. You know, that kind of thing. Just having those relationships, telling those stories. That story, I called my brother and says, do you remember when God healed you? And he goes, I don't. He says, but I know that He healed me, I just don't remember the details. And that was so cool to hear my brother say that, because he's not really a, a strongly confessing Christian. So let me keep going. Going back to Jesus' conversation in John 3, what is startling is that Jesus in verse 12 refers to this being born again as an earthly thing. Now what's that all about, huh? And He says, if you don't believe and understand this, how are you going to believe if I talk to you about heavenly things? So Jesus scolds this religious leader and tells him that he should understand this stuff. It's basically kindergarten stuff. He should understand it's foundational. And especially because he's been he spent his whole life studying the Old Testament. He should know these things. That's kind of cool because it tells us that everything Jesus taught is in the Old Testament somewhere and that we can go on that, that hunt, that curiosity search and find out those things. So how does that impact you? Are you led by His Spirit? It's a basic, essential part of life. And how do you teach your kids to do this? What if your kids are already adults or teenagers? It's hard. The later you start doing this, the harder it is to get through. But it's not impossible. Why is it hard? How many of you have noticed that the older you get, people are, have a harder time learning new things? What do they say about the old dog? <laughs> it's true. The old dog has a hard time learning new tricks. Kids are so impressionable. They're just curious. They want to explore everything. They love to learn. They're natural-born learners. That's why they do things like my son Noah did where he took mommy's scissors and gave himself a haircut when he was four. Can you imagine what the haircut looked like? He just went... <laughs> That's why our kids did things like ride their big-wheel trikes down the stairs. I want to find out what happens. right? How many of us did... I jumped off... 20-foot things and into, onto a mattress. Dumb things like that. But that's a good thing because we have the opportunity to still direct our kids. We'll take advantage of it. Brooke's mom, she, Brooke says, my mother told me, if you will listen to God, you'll learn how to hear Him. She said, I think I was three when she began teaching me this. Over the years, she brought other verses, as did my pastor, that helped me learn to listen to his voice. She pointed out stories of people over the years who learned to listen to God. And I even read some of her God books, especially if she wasn't looking. After all, it was my journey. And I wanted to do it on my own. I wonder if some of her leaving the books around 
was one of her ways to give me different exploring opportunities to learn how good other people's stories could be and their God chase. And in Brooke's daddy's Bible, her daddy would leave all these clippings from articles about science and the Bible and stuff. And, and those are things that Brooke got into when nobody was looking. So, so again, ask the question, how do we see the Spirit giving birth to, to Spirit in us? Jesus said, or John said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the verse we hear, but it's not merely mental assent like some prayer we say out loud at the altar. Our belief is revealed by how we act, the choices we make. The thief on the cross didn't get much time to do much, right? He just is there and he goes, Jesus, I want to be with you. By his, and he said, what? Oh, he said, remember me when you, when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say to him? Today, buddy, today, you're going to be with me. When, when he reached out to Jesus, he was saying, Lord, you're coming into a kingdom. I want to be part of that. And he, that demonstrated that he had faith in the Lord, that he believed on Jesus. This is where I return to Mother's Day and the fact that flesh gives birth to flesh. Don't we want more than our flesh, our fears, our hurts, our unhealedness, our failures that we can never undo? We want more. More of God. More of His Spirit leading us. More of His life coming through us. Spirit giving birth to Spirit. At some point, mothers and even fathers and especially those in contact with other humans, I guess that means all of us, we need to be in the Spirit by following Jesus and urging those around us that they can follow Him too. That's our partnership, our belief revealed by actions. Our lives need to reveal that wind aspect where it's clear something is leading us. But it's not obvious to onlookers. It's not logical, necessarily. It's clear that something is something else. This is how mothers can enable their children to be born of the Spirit. When we love the Bible, we don't just merely read it out of duty, we devour it. We can't get enough of it. We look to it for answers. It becomes obvious to our kids that something in that book means everything to us. And that book is the book that becomes our bedtime reading and dinnertime conversation along with other stories and testimonies. That's our partnership, our belief revealed through our actions. This is what best, best mothering looks like, whether you are the parent of an adult child that says they don't even believe in God, or parents of children who have the opportunity to see for themselves that God is good. This is the sort of parenting that reveals through your life and convictions the Spirit-led life. Don't give up hope. Don't be weary in well-doing. Hone your listening and remember your God stories. And as for all of us who are eagerly looking forward to the Lord's return, I want to point something out. We are all hoping to be seen as good and faithful servants, right? As friends of the Lord. We each have our own road to hoe, so to speak, in the fields of the Lord. As we see the day of the Lord approaching, do we throw down our hoes? Or do we realize we need to get busy because... The night is drawing close. 
Boy, all of us, I think, are sensing that. According to the parables Jesus taught, we're supposed to be found doing what the Lord wants us to be doing. Being busy doing His work. This means we need to both know and do what the Lord wants. And when the, what the Lord is always focused on is people. Some of us are waiting to be redirected by others when our own lives don't even reveal that we're being led by the Spirit. So as the days move towards the Lord's return, we need to examine our own work, how we spend our time, what we give our emotions and mind and time to. And Bob talked about that. If you're giving your emotions and mind and time to social media, you're going to reproduce what social media is pouring into you. Isn't that good? That was really good, Bob. Thank you. So what do we value? I want to urge you in this new place that we're entering into, this new time and season, that as individuals you closely examine your own life and work and ask yourself if your kids, young or old, see the character traits that are common to the Spirit, like love. Do they see love in you? Do they see joy in you? Do they see peace? And not anxiety in you. Do they see patience? Another word for that is long-suffering and forbearance. Do they see kindness and goodness? Do they see faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? You recognize the fruits of the Spirit, right? These things will attract your kids. They really will. It's not what you know. It's who you are chasing and how you are leaking onto other people with these things. Which of the two reveals the character and the Spirit of God better when you're telling your kids, stop that, repent. The end is near, or whatever. Or saying, I love you. Let's sit down and read a story together. Let's laugh together. How can I help you? That's the kind of parenting that shares Jesus and His Spirit consistently with, with our young people. This has to be done in a world whether your kids are rejecting Jesus or whether they're really open to Him. It's this Spirit-led, tough, and determined, overcoming love that shares Jesus and His testimony. It's Spirit-chasing, like being wind expect unexpectedness that enables the Spirit to do His work. Don't give up. The night is coming. Don't give in but get refreshed in Him. Let His Spirit nudge you and urge you. Listen. Learn, even if you have listening failures. Get refreshed in Him. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Brooke. All right. Let's go ahead and take our communion.